But some of those Thundercats are supposed to be sexy. Well, so were the cats. Were they? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my dude. Have you seen Mr. Mistopheles? Is it Judy Dench? No, that's old Deuteronomy, who was originated <laughs> by Ken Page. So, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to do with that. But All right. Fair enough. Is this like when Quentin Chris played Queen Elizabeth in Orlando? It's kind of like when Tilda Swinton was in Doctor Strange. Or Orlando. <laughs> Billy Zane was also there. He's great. Anyway. <laughs> You're listening to Boo Ha Ha, a mostly weekly podcast that is ostensibly about ghosts, but more often than not about the film Hereditary. Yeah, increasingly about Hereditary. Yeah, sometimes Star Trek. Weirdly often obscure U.S. presidents. I feel like they come up a lot. I wish I had come prepared with some Taft facts. Oh, you're going to want to... I'm going to refer you back to Dave Olson's episode, I think, where we go off on Taft for a good long while. He deserves it. Yeah, yeah. He deserves it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that Taft was assigned to be the chaperone of Roosevelt's daughter, Alice, and he fucking hated it, and he sucked so hard at being her chaperone because she was the best. Yeah, and she like just kept bailing out and doing shit. She kept shit. shaking him like she was the president's daughter in a movie about a president's daughter. <laughs> Why, Mr. Taft, I think there's a whole honey ham over there. What? Oh, she's gone again. <laughs> Oh. Generally, I'm not for the usage of fat suits in films, um, with the exception of if they made a movie about Taft, it would, would be Happy Ray Winston. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with it there. Shallow Hal was okay yep. to a certain extent, and then John Travolta in Hairspray. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, boy. I forgot about that. I watched it this week. Stoned, because that's right. how you watch musicals, yeah, I guess. Like that's yeah i think that's entirely he fair. really shines <laughs> literally yeah a little bit a little bit so i had forgotten that john travolta was in hairspray but do you think that the reason that he called i'm blanking on her name i just want to call her adele fuzzy adina menzel. menzel the wickedly talented do you think the reason he mispronounced her name at the oscars was because like he felt threatened by her musical theater gravitas I'm going to say prescription painkillers, Avalon. That is also entirely reasonable. Uh, <laughs> one of his wigs was on too tight. Let it go. Um, so this is a podcast that is ostensibly about ghosts. Every week I invite one of my nearest and dearest to my apartment where I build a campfire in my living room. Again, much to the chagrin of the management. And tell them spooky tales of boogans and googas. And this week, my guest is the hilarious Emily Faye Coleman. I've been here before. <laughs> <laughs> for for new listeners, uh, Emily used to host this podcast, and then I stole it from her. I think you'll find the first what thirteen episodes <laughs> are very heavy on me and mm-hmm. very light on the Avalon. There's a bit of Avalon in there, but definitely not an, not as much as I would have liked. Still hold the record for the longest episode that I have hosted. You can't see it, but I'm fist pumping the sky. It was like a tie between you and Shane Hosey. That's fair. I feel like I feel like we're both pretty similarly windbaggy. Eh. 
amazed. I'm amazed that that Michael Garcia was not the longest one. Uh, he came close because we and Randall. Any one where we end up talking about horror films. <laughs> Because that's where I won't shut up. Ours was all, uh, on the episode that I was on, the horror film we went off on was uh, The Boy, correct? Yes. 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 Chimney Cousin. Uh, <laughs> that was The Pact, actually. Oh, that's right. <laughs> two, was it uh, two, two Basement, Two Grandpa? It was Two Basement, Two Uncle. There we go. I apologize. Um, <laughs> the best naming convention. <laughs> Um, right now I'm working on getting a sequel to As Above, So Below made called Too Above, Too Below. <laughs> I'm thinking Catacombs in Iceland. Oh, I'd be on board with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventual further sequel called Little High, Little Low. <laughs> <laughs> um, I listened to the, so I, I listened to the afternoon fight about, um, about the catacombs and then immediately listened to the, the special As Above, So Below oh, commentary episode. While not watching the movie. I was wondering who was going to be the one to do that. And this is the least surprising answer. That's You know what? Look, I love commentary tracks and have seen that movie so much that I'm like, yes, I remember this. Perfect. I'm there. I think I, I talk about a little bit on there. I appreciate Ben Feldman. I don't think I'm as deeply in love with Ben Feldman as people who listen to Afternoonified have been led to believe by how much I talk about Ben Feldman. It just so happens He's in that movie. Methinks the host doth protest <laughs> to Feldman. <laughs> uh, um, I I really I really enjoy that movie. I think that it's um, it. I like a good cave movie. I like a good catacomb movie, and I like a good going into hell movie. I enjoy movies that um, pull from source material that is a little out there. I also very much appreciate like the mythology yeah not enough dante in today's cinema i have said it before i will say it again dante is a windbag name dropper just asshole and you should not read his book you should just watch as above so below you get the gist and then we met another medici it's like in that pope over there look at him sad (laughs) it's like you're in hell you judgmental dickhole like knock it off I love that suddenly Dante is like the Trump of the Renaissance. Like, sad. <laughs> I have the best hell. My Trump is just my Bernie. I can't I can't do it. <laughs> so as I said, this is a podcast that is more often than not about tangents. To get things kicked off, uh, I don't think we necessarily covered this super in-depth. Tell me a little bit about your belief in the supernatural. Where do you fall on the... On the believer, non-believer spectrum. On the, the believer Kinsey scale. Um, <laughs> I go both ways. <laughs> no, I definitely don't want to discount the paranormal and aliens and stuff. I think it would be insane as just one of many species on the planet to be like, mm, that doesn't exist. Because we're not the only people in the universe. Uh, and paranormal-wise, it's more of a belief that like energies hang out yeah you know if something like terrible enough happens it's gonna hang out for a while so no to intelligent hauntings yes to residual hauntings possibly to aliens which i know this isn't about but i've recently come around to the fact that it might be a thing 
I think that it's entirely fair to say that aliens are very likely a thing. Whenever we do this like recap at the beginning, I'm always like, I believe this. The people who listen to more than one episode are probably sick of me talking about what I think. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. It's sort of ghosts are like the farts of souls. And cryptids can eat a butt because they're not real. I would like to point you to the coelacanth and the okapi. Do tell. Well, the okapi is a weird giraffe zebra butt thing. It looks kind of like if you took a, a if you took a giraffe and then made its neck right and then gave it the butt of a zebra. So spots on front, stripes in the back. It's got the little nubby horns too, I think. These are real. Yes, that it's a real thing. And it was it was a legend for for ages and then at some point somebody's like, "You want to actually go try to look for one?" There it is. <laughs> Turns out they were just over there. <laughs> Uh, I say this more out of having Bigfoot believers up my ass constantly for the last four months. The squatching community. Are you familiar with Missing 411? Is is that a weed thing? No. Uh, Well, it depends. (laughs) Um, It is a conspiracy theory uh, by this guy, uh, David Polides. Polides? Whatever. Where he couldn't make it as a Bigfoot hunter, so he decided to create this conspiracy based on how many people go missing in national parks each year without any explanation. And it is not outright stated, but very, very heavily implied that Bigfoot is kidnapping people. And we did an afternoon fight about it, and I said it was bullshit. And we have gotten so many reviews. Oh, no. Yes. I mean, the, it begs the question, to what end would Bigfoot need an army? Fucked if I know, man. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like what that conspiracy theory kind of throws by the wayside is the fact that national parks are just a great place to murder someone. Not even that. Like, they find bodies sometimes and like, oh, but they were only two miles off the trail. It's like, yeah, they got fucking lost. Turns out. Or they ate some weird berries. It can be hard to find your way back to the trail when you are 10 feet off the trail. I mean, I've like gone to well-developed campsites, gone to pee at 3 o'clock in the morning, almost didn't make it back. Yeah, it happens. Recently, we were camping, and there were night cougars. What? Yeah, we were asleep in our tents, and then we were awoken by the sound of a cat that was too big. And then what I assume was another cat that was too big made a noise like a cat that was even too bigger was killing it. Fuck. And then there was silence. Night cougars. Night cougars. We relocated from that campsite and found a bunch of cougar scat at the place where we camped. Yeah. Fun sidebar. Allegedly, there are about 2,000 cougars in Oregon. (laughs) Up from, I think, a couple hundred 30 years ago. But... Double fun fact, cougars are incredibly solitary, and it's really hard to count them. So when they say there are 2,000 of them, who the fuck knows? Just want to be left alone. It turns the one silver lining is that cougars, when they smell people, they go the other way. Not a bad, not a bad thing. I do something very similar when I'm in public. That's my MO on on the bus. (laughs) Man, I got on a new bus yesterday, and I was like, this is it. It's not going to smell like pee did it it was literally being like pumped through the air system so it was like that weird plastic new bus smell and then pee 
<laughs> ah, Tonka trucks and hobo I piss. I feel like I, I was being punished for something. I would assume it's fate saying that you shouldn't make assumptions. You make an ass out of you and bus. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you busing. <laughs> Asubus, which is a which is a demon. And it's actually the German word. That's asubus. That smells like pee. Anywho, so I every week, every week I pull together. Every week, consistently, I upload these episodes. It's insane. Yeah, every literally every week I sit down and uh, and I and I record this podcast. And every other week I just throw the recording away. That's what I do. <laughs> I have uh, a feeling that Avalon needs help with uh, project management. I do say mostly weekly podcast, so I'm covering bases. Yeah, you can't get sued. I don't want Big Pod coming after Just me. I need you to know that the network does not have the legal like team that you're going to need. I've been very good about mostly not using copyrighted materials. I played the Jaws theme song on an episode of Monster Pod last week, so... <laughs> Fair, entirely fair. It would require listeners for us to get sued. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. You could do what you want in a vacuum. <laughs> uh, every week, mostly, I pull together some spooky ghost stories from my guests' hometown and environs. And in your case, that is? Uh, Portland slash Eugene. There we go. So anywhere in between, you could really... A few from Portland, most from kind of Oregon in general. We don't have a lot. We don't have good ghosts. This is, it's been a recurring theme on the the Portland and Oregon themed episodes. I want to say that we're just so overcrowded with like pioneer ghosts that none of them really stick out. (laughs) In a sea of gray. They're like SoundCloud rappers for the paranormal. Like there's too many and none of them are great. There's probably one or two good ones in there. You're never going to know. No, no, no. How would you? The market's oversaturated. I hate how every time I go to a cemetery here, like ghostly hands come out trying to give me like... Their mixtapes. Yep. (laughs) Drink me up on SoundCloud. I don't think that's the first time I've said that sentence (laughs) in that voice on this podcast. (laughs) So the, the, the ghost stories that I have pulled together for you to choose from, we have... The Sandman, The Legend of Crater Lake, The Oregon Vortex. I'm doing quotation marks around Such that. big quotations. <laughs> the Haunted Butt. <laughs> I'm sorry, Butte. And finally, The Ghost Dog of Gresham. Oh, fuck. Now, and I will say that story is just called The Ghost Dog, but... I kind of geographied it out. It's got to be in Gresham. So I have some questions. Go on. Uh, the first one, the Sandman. You do know that you cannot read copyrighted Neil Gaiman content on this podcast, right? I can summarize them. Okay. And read my fan fiction. <laughs> uh, you laugh, but I did used to write Neil Gaiman endless fan fiction when I was in my 20s or like early 20s. Um, the second one, what was that one again? The second one was The Legend of Crater Lake. Is it about a demon that lives under the lake? Yes. Please read that one. I know it, but I need other people to know about it so I can release that episode of Monster Pod. <laughs> Perfect. And then the butt. The butt. You have to do the butt. The haunted butt? Yes. All right. That's fair. I think 
I think the haunt the haunted button might be short. So you know, I have to assume the Sandman is just a drunk homeless man on the Oregon coast. It's a drunk homeless ghost in underpasses in Portland. Well, that's sad. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're all sad. <laughs> Theoretically, every episode of Boo Ha has at least two dead bodies in it. If you're doing it right. If you're lucky. I will say the Native American inhabitants of this great state have some of the best stories. Like, they're the only reason we don't completely suck in that respect. Native myth and legend does a lot of heavy lifting. It's. I think it's a solid tie between, like, Native Americans and the Japanese in terms of, like giving no shits terrifying like just ghost stories that they tell yeah. children yeah yeah this'll 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 straighten you out that and like i think it's a thai ghost where it's just a lady with huge tits and she like gives kids hugs and they disappear into said tits or suffocate i i think i read it to carolyn maine when she was on now i know of a thai ghost it's not that one the one that i'm thinking of is called like i think it's called the penangalang or something like that and it is a ghost witch who takes off her head and internal organs. We did this on our Vampires of the World episode of Afternoonified, and I ruined my co-host's life with it. It's disgusting. I can show you a three-minute clip from a, mo- and in a movie about said ghost vampire witch where the ghost vampire witch flies into a house and sucks the baby out of a yes. lady. They are known to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's a real, it's a whole thing. I cannot remember what they're actually called, but... It's, well, I'll insert it here. It's called the Krasu, or the Floating Head. Thanks, future Avalon. No problem, past Avalon. Yeah, we had, uh, the on the Nick Puente episode, we did um, the Salt Witch. It's a pretty choice episode. It's a fucking, God damn it, that's a good story. <laughs> Um, But now to our own native myth and or legend. The legend of Crater Lake. In the Cascade Mountains, perched 6,000 feet above the rest of Oregon, is a secret treasure. Crater Lake is a sapphire jewel nestled in the hollow shell of a shattered volcano. Surrounded by burnt-out trees. (laughs) (laughs) That describes, I feel like, most of Oregon's wilderness in summer. We were there like two years ago when it was actively on fire they still <laughs> let us up there you guys want to look if the fire comes after you just get in the lake they're like it's just the other bank that's on fire like, you can hang out around here it's fine that feels like very slapdash park rangering i don't know if you've ever met a park ranger but they're pretty chill that's entirely fair i think they're all named like steve they're all southern for some reason hey i love the woods the only time they weren't chill is when we were trying to get up onto logging roads during the eclipse. And they had people, they had dudes just, like, you would drive down a dark road into the middle of nowhere, and then just in the middle of the road would be a park ranger on a folding chair. <laughs> Nothing else. No cooler, no tent, no car. He's just there. I mean, we just watched the eclipse out front of uh, Providence Park. That seems nice, too. Yeah didn't really seem like a thing that I wanted to leave town for. We went we went up to a cliff and we all did we did a little bit of a substance and it was great. I think 
I had done mushrooms the night before or something because I had just gotten fired. And I was like, well, I don't need to be anywhere tomorrow. I guess tonight's the night. Yeah, we, we all, we might, we, we went up on top of this cliff and we all microdosed. And I just remember at some point, Dave Olson just leaned over to me as like the final glimmers of the light was dying. And he just said, is there any society where this is a good thing? <laughs> it really uh, was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, many explorers missed it because the lake is hidden from sight until you crest the volcano's rim. There are two explanations for how the lake formed, the geological and the legendary. Volcano's rim sounds like a Moana porn parody. <laughs> <laughs> About 7,000 years ago, scientists say a 12,000-foot volcanic mountain stood where the lake is now. The mountains, posthumously named Mount Mazama, erupted violently. It spewed volcanic ash and pumice lava over the region, emptying the cavernous magma chamber below the surface. Yeah, I mean, all that pumice was destructive, but their feet were so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> With the mountain's underlying support weakened, the mountain collapsed and formed a basin, or caldera. The lava continued to flow, sealing the bottom of the basin, which allowed it to fill with rainfall and snowmelt to create the deepest lake in the United States. And huh. next on Magic School Bus. <laughs> We're going to endanger some children. <laughs> Everything I know about volcanoes I learned from Arnold being abused. Come on, kids, let's go inside of a gun. <laughs> to be fair, if Lily Tomlin told me to get in a bus and shut up, I would. I would do that. No questions. <laughs> the driver's seat is like way too big. <laughs> uh, the pristine waters remained unknown to white men until explorer John Wesley Hillman came upon the lake by accident. <laughs> That's the whitest name I've heard in a long time. <laughs> oh, oh, hold your horses. Does he evolve into John Wesley Mountain Man? White's Whitington. <laughs> Hillman, Henry Klippel, and Isaac Skeeters. No! <laughs> Did he leave Doug alone? I hate that show so much. What? It just makes me so just existentially sad. I will say that like Angry Beavers was better, but... You're not wrong. <laughs> you could also replace Angry Beavers with literally any other cartoon. <laughs> I still sometimes wonder if I imagined half the episodes of Cat Dog that I saw. I think we all did. I feel that way about Rocco's Modern Life. Are you excited for that movie? What? They're doing a Rocco's Modern Life like movie special on Netflix that's coming out like next year. <sighs> same creator, well same like Okay. Yeah, same team. They're not going to like Rugrats all grown up it where Now, okay, I understand that there's appeal to Rocco's Modern Life, but People have been trying to get like an Invader Zim resurgence going forever. Invader Zim does not deserve I'm sorry. Continue with your fighting words. (laughs) It's not a bad show. I just don't think it deserves the ongoing, like, grr appreciation that we have been forced into. I completely agree with you there. Hot Topic really took the ball and threw it up someone's ass. It just made a lot of girls that I went to high school with very annoying. It's very frustrating. I just want to watch a cartoon about an alien harvesting children's organs. Yeah, I can get behind that. There was one episode where it was just called Zim Eats Waffles, and a good 10 minutes of it is just a static shot of him trying to eat as many waffles as he can. (laughs) I feel like that plotline worked very well in the 90s because that was also the plot of an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch where she is obsessed with pancakes. 
best episode. That was the the thinly veiled addiction yes. analogy, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I remember that episode. She just loves pancakes. It's a it's a family trait. Spellmans can't eat pancakes. She's eating them out of the garbage. I don't know why that's not an episode of the, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but oh, it is. They just replaced pancakes with Satan. God, I love that show. It's, it's such teen <laughs> trash, and I love it so much. It's great teen trash about brides of Satan. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh God, I love it so much. Uh, local Klamath Indians had known of it long before recorded history, but considered it a sacred place. They refuse to acknowledge its existence to outsiders. <laughs> what lake? There's no... The hill? Just the hill? Just that big hill? Yeah. There's nothing it's to see. Not very exciting. You should go over here. There's gold. Question mark? It worked. <laughs> Hillman, in his notes, wrote that the Indians believed gazing upon the waters was fatal. The shamans forbade anyone from climbing up the crater's edge to peer inside. I mean, probably because it was the best... Are there fish in Crater Lake? I wonder, were they introduced? They must have, right? I mean, it was there for so long that, like, I, I don't know. I think it's fed mostly by rainwater, though. It would ha- I mean, it's if they, uh, I think it's, like, one of the highest points in Oregon. That can't be right. We have mountains. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The, the crater is the highest point in the state. It's weird. <laughs> it tapers. It tapers the up. the anti-Denver. <laughs> William Gladstone Steele is credited with founding Crater Lake National Park in 1902. He died when he looked at it. (laughs) It's like Narcissus. (laughs) (laughs) He first learned about the enchanted place from a newspaper article that was wrapped around his lunch. Now that's a very white person in the 1900s thing to do, so... Oh, there's there's an article here about a lake. I should should make a national park out of that. Got some corned beef on it. (laughs) Crater Lape. Oh no, that's a pickle. (laughs) (laughs) There's just mustard over the part where it's like, the Indians say not to go here. It's the first act of the horror movie that we're going to write, where it's like, because of the mustard stain, they get lured up there. It's just teenagers, though. (laughs) A group of teens in 1902 set out to start a national park. I would watch the shit out of that movie. Although explorers and scientists have studied the origins of the lake from an academic perspective, the Klamath Indian legend suggests that it has a supernatural source. What the other best... kind of perspective would you study it from? Culinary? The lake tastes good. <laughs> I ate the lake. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> oh no, Steve hit his head. <laughs> Steve Whiteman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the son of Whitey Whiteman. From earlier. It's pronounced Whitman, Dave. No, you keep saying that. You're pretty white, though. (laughs) The Klamath Indian legend suggests that it has a supernatural source. The best-known legend describes the war between Lao, spirit chief of Crater Lake, the god of the below world, and Skell, a mighty spirit of Klamath Marsh to the south and the god of the sky. The demon king Lao would often stand on top of Mount Mazama to survey the earth. It helps if you picture him as Hades from Hercules. Still <laughs> still voiced by uh, James Woods. I hate the 90s. <laughs> oh. So the demon king Lao would often stand on top of Mount Mazama to survey the earth. One day, Lao spied the beautiful daughter of the Klamath chief and immediately wanted her for his wife. He came down from his throne and confronted the maiden, telling her that he was a nice guy. Um <laughs> I know you like assholes, but, like, I'm different. 
And I think you should just like give me a chance. You wouldn't know a nice Native American demon king if you saw one. Edit that out. Isn't this also a Greek myth? Yeah, it's got a lot of flavor of like Hades and Persephone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool that you called Hades <laughs> right up front. Um, I have a feeling the god of the underworld is just one dude who has like eight names. Just a stack of passports. Look, I got a lot of plates spinning down here. It's like the Jason Bourne of the dead. <laughs> that's a movie I would watch. <laughs> uh, that's called Lucifer, my dude. Oh, that is a show that I do not watch. <laughs> Again, it's it's got it, it's a little bit trash. Uh huh. But oh, I've, seen, I've seen clip. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's an easy watch. I like it when the highest praise someone can muster about something is, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> That's fine. So the demon king came down from mm-hmm, his throne, mm-hmm. confronted this lady, told him he was a nice guy. She rejected him because he was ugly and came from the blow world. Oh, that checks out. And then he took to Reddit. <laughs> uh, that's a 4chan thing. <laughs> Something, something red pill. Uh, (laughs) Lau tried to get the Klamath chief to consent to a marriage, but he also refused, saying his daughter had been ordained by the gods as the next chief of his people, and he could not allow her to leave. It's like, wait, did she say that she wouldn't marry you? Mm. (laughs) So the thing about that is no. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing about that is she she said no, dog. Uh, My hands are tied. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. She's going to be the chief one day. Maybe go back to hell. Also, put some <laughs> ironclad balls on the chief. For telling the god of the dead to fuck off? Yeah. Look, I understand that you are wreathed in skulls and screaming souls, but my daughter said no. This is a great story about consent. We need more men like this. Furious, Lao swore that he would take revenge on the Klamath people. He climbed to the top of his mountain and launched a vicious assault, hurling fire down on the Indians. So he's hurling fire down at the Indians. Uh, the Klamath chief beseeched Skrell. The best named. The, the best named guy. Skrell, if we go back earlier, was the god of the sky. And a sidekick from She-Ra, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> like a little bat. Could also be a pet cat in Thundercats. Oh, yeah. Skrell. <laughs> Weren't they all cats? I think they all were. So, Skrell. Skrell. Back to Skrell. He descended from the sky to help the defenseless humans, and the ensuing battle between Lau and Skrell shook the earth. The gods threw red rocks as large as hills, making the ground tremble and causing landslides of fire. A terrible darkness spread over the land for days. Lau's demon army took advantage of the dark to attack Skrell and killed him. The demon warriors maliciously cut Skrell's heart out of his body and carried it up to Lau Rock for a celebration. But Skrell's followers, led by the Klamath chief's daughter, cleverly stole the heart back and restored it to Skrell's body, bringing the god back to life. A reverse Indiana Jones. That's, Basically, yep. yes. Yeah. The anti-Kalima. Just a question. Did that guy look like Bill Cosby to you, too? Or was that just like 10-year-old Emily? Oh, I see it now. Yeah, okay. kind of. Okay. Sorry, everybody. No, it's there. That's it's, on me. Hmm. Stick the heart, you mix it with the pudding pops. <laughs> oh boy. He's a monster. <laughs> He'll be in hell soon. 
During the last great battle, Skrell defeated Lau and killed him. The Sky God ordered the body to be cut up and thrown into the lake to be devoured by the giant crawfish. So there are fish. Kind of. And other monsters that dwelled in the deep waters. Okay, so there are fish in there. Something in there. Fucked up fish, probably, Bo- but... Boogans, gugas. Just inbreeding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if inbreeding affects fish. There's a lot of slack-jawed sister-wife fish in there. Little bonnets? <laughs> <laughs> really long fins. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like the girl from Hereditary somehow. <laughs> Tony Collette can't help it. <laughs> That's actually less horrendous than me making fun of like a 13-year-old girl, <laughs> so I appreciate it. I was amazed that they got Julia Child's daughter for that. Oh. <laughs> she was the best drunkest chef we had on TV. <laughs> I was a spy. I and mean, now we have Ina Garten, who also like worked for the government. Fucking love that barefoot confessor. You want to use the really good radioactive material. And if you can't make your own, store-bought plutonium is fine. That being said, that bitch has the best cream cheese frosting recipe. I'd believe that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all in the vanilla. Turns out, you, you want something, you want a counterpoint for the tang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put a lot of uh, orange drink in my cream cheese frosting. <laughs> Shit, man, that would be really good, though. Oh my god, tang frosting would be fucking amazing. I think you have to mix it with the milk first to kind of dissolve it a bit, but... Let's go now. Worry about curdling. We can workshop. We'll get it. I don't know if Tang has enough, like, citric content to curdle the milk. Probably not. It's just all, like, flavor and space dreams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that weird orangutan that we had in the 90s to sell it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He went on to become an actor. He was in Jungle Book. It's fine. I'm glad he gets work. Uh Uh-huh. So, Skrell's throwing a bunch of... Right, a war of the gods. Yeah, Skrell is throwing a bunch of, like, demon god body parts into the lake. Uh, the evil creatures in the lake, however, were loyal to Lau, but they were easily fooled into eating his remains as Skrell tricked them by shouting, Here are Skrell's arms! Not the smartest of sea monsters. The horrible beasts gobbled up the various body parts, including the legs and torso. But when Skrell flung Lau's head into the lake, the water creatures realized that they had been tricked and wouldn't touch it. If there was like a sea monster in Crater Lake, like Nessie, would it be called like Cressy? I'm going to say it would either be called Crady (laughs) or they'd name it after the island in there and call it The Wizard. (laughs) This is Wizzy. (laughs) It's Wizzy, the incontinent lake monster. I can't. <laughs> I peed in the lake, but you can't tell. And that's why you're not allowed to swim in Crater Lake. <laughs> Too much monster pee. <laughs> it's not even rainwater or snow anymore. It's just whizzy pee. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> they tried getting him diapers, but... <laughs> Wizzy also ate the lake. <laughs> that's the third act. The kids go up there and they get saved by Wizzy. <laughs> like discord from my little pony in my head (laughs) (laughs) i was picturing like that shitty dragon from the never-ending story but wet (laughs) (laughs) wait the i've never seen the never-ending story is that the flying one the luck dragon that weird that weird fluffy guy okay wet from the lake and (laughs) yeah just a slight yellow tinge (laughs) Uh, smells like a 
Homeless man in downtown Portland. <laughs> Gotta clean off that love dragon's dingleberries. <laughs> he hasn't been to the groomers in millennia. <laughs> so the evil creatures in the lake realized that they had been had. They wouldn't eat Lao's head. And so the head magically transformed into the rock now known as Wizard Island. The namesake of Wizzy. Oh, I just had a horrible mental image. He's just peeing on a giant head. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it was more like Wizzy absorbing the head and it just being like a a stomach head, which is why he stays underwater so he doesn't expose it. I don't know where I was going with this. It's a sea monster with a quado. Yeah. Hey, kids, open your mind. <laughs> yeah, no, that was exactly exactly it. That's why he stays hidden under the water, so he doesn't expose the evil head and bring on the end of the world. The head is like, it's a god head, so it can't die, but it's just continuously drowning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many people still believe that Lao's spirit continues to live within Lao Rock, a massive cliff of black obsidian along the rim of the lake. When a sudden storm interrupts a peaceful day, it is said that Lao's restless spirit whips up an angry gale turning the lake into a churning cauldron. Another myth suggests that Lao's underwater creatures are still lurking in the lake's depths. One such creature, the giant crayfish, plucks unwary visitors from the crater rim and drags them to their deaths in the dark, chilly water. I'd love to get that bitch drenched in garlic butter and put Mm. on top of some gumbo. Oh, boy. The the barbecue you would need. I was just imagining, like, cracking it in half. It's a two-person thing, like a wishbone. I don't know what noise crayfish make. I assume it's that. I don't think they really make a noise. Just a hissing? Probably scream. I don't know what noise like crustaceans make. Do crabs make noises? I think it's clicking, but that could be the claws. Probably the claws, but... I'm going to assume it's the claws. (laughs) For adventurous hikers, it might be worth the extra effort to register with the park authority if you plan to stay at the lake overnight. It's really not. Just in case. What are they going to do? Like... Well, hey, that that guy didn't come back. I suppose a lake monster yeah, got it's, him. It's kind of like in The Shining when Wendy is like, oh, the park rangers will, will know that we're gone. It's like, what the fuck do you want them to do, Wendy? They're stuck too. Just cut to the park rangers. Do we have any more Jiffy Pop? <laughs> um. I think my mom had like, I swear to Christ, it was from the like 1800s, but it was like a big metal pot with like a thing that you turned on yes. top. Yeah, yeah. I almost bought one of those at Goodwill recently. <laughs> I swear I had Benjamin Franklin's initials etched into the side. It was so old. It just said, <laughs> for a good time. <laughs> Call two. <laughs> Look me up in poor Richard's almanac. So that was the legend of Crater Lake. Yeah, it checks out. Um. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, I uh, was running a Monster of the Week um, before we started doing Monster Pod, and I used that as the basis, and I just wanted to confirm. Uh, you hear that, listeners? There's something spooky in that lake. Mm-hmm. Pee. <laughs> it's Lake Serpent Pee. And the- I consider myself more of a water dragon. <laughs> <laughs> like a really big mooshu. <laughs> Have you tried my pork? Eat of me. <laughs> this is a mistake. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that was that was the Legend of Crater Lake. I'm gonna say it was solid. It was one of one of the new features we're demoing, Ooh. beta testing this on the pod now is a personalized rating system. I'm going to give this one three out of five giant cauldrons of butter for a giant crayfish. I'm gonna give it a solid four and a half dragon-sized adult diapers. <laughs> I ordered them from Amazon. <laughs> they swell up and balloon when I get on the lake. They're called deep ends. <laughs> If you want to yell at me for that, it's at Emily F. Coleman on Twitter. I deserve it. <laughs> Plugs are later. Um, yeah, spooky. I'm gonna say that's that's as far as as far as like myths and legends go. It's solid. We've got we've got some like Goddard Demerung. We've got we've got some bodies in lakes. It wasn't a guy wrapped in toilet paper clinging to a bumper. I like to think that the bandage man was just off stage. <laughs> just over there like oh no i hope that they throw his head in (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah spooky i would have liked a little bit more of like current day echoes and repercussions yeah um you don't get a lot of those with native american myths i wonder why it's weird (laughs) could be the you know constant stifling of a culture but it's probably not that no (laughs) no 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 so uh, now now we've reached the point of the podcast where it is my turn to choose one. I'm, I'm doing Homer Simpson looking at Ooh. donut fingers. <laughs> okay, so to reiterate, we have the ghost dog of Gresham, the Sandman, the legend of Crater Lake, which we did, the Oregon Vortex, and the haunted butt. <laughs> ghost dog of Gresham sounds pretty good. It sounds like it could go either way. <laughs> it sounds like it really could. It's... Either it's a really cool chupacabra or it's a terrier that someone didn't let in. A pit bull got hold of all of the meth. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was reading from the Gresham police blotter. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in Florida, there are gators doing meth, so at this point. I, I saw that this week. I think I'm going to have to do the ghost dog of Gresham. Be- the haunted butt is fun, but the ghost dog of Gresham is... Haunted butt's just a bad fart. We know this. Oh, God, no, not Todd Cobb! It's from Ghosts of Portland, Oregon by Todd Cobb. I am glad you found your own Hannah J. Tidy. The Cobster. It's a fucking asshole. Have you been keeping up with Todd Cobb's corn blog? (laughs) Yes. He had a really good post about what kinds of butter you should be using, and he landed on unsalted. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I I was going to say I'm going to have to recommend to you his article on what to do when your Jiffy Pop catches fire. (laughs) Uh, Scream, I think. Throw your puka shells at it. <laughs> Actually, before we get too into Todd Cobb, I'm going to use. I'm going to do very much the same thing after you do. I'm going to sit here and Marilyn Munster this poor child. You <laughs> monsters! She was so hot. Do you remember the remake they did of that with Eddie Izzard? Oh, I wait. A couple years ago, they what? did a TV movie. Eddie Izzard was grandpa. That sounds delightful. Portia Del Rossi was the mom. Was this old face or new face? <laughs> Might have been an in between face. <laughs> um, I so okay. Just to wax poetic about the monsters for I'm a second. I'm definitely not putting off having to read Todd Cobb. <laughs> no, that's entirely fair. There is on YouTube, the original pilot of the Munsters, <laughs> which is exactly the same 
with one exception. Tina's played by a woman. Um, Not quite. uh, Everything's the same. Like Marilyn comes home from a date and the guy walks her to the door and then sees her family. and is like, whoa, zoinks. She goes inside. They all sit down. They're having a lovely evening. And then Herman's like, where's Eddie? And the camera pans up to like a weird habit trail bookshelf kind of a thing up top. And there's a feral monster boy. Are you sure this isn't a creepypasta? Like one of those lost episode things? Oh no, you can watch it with your eyeballs. Christ. Like he's up there like some sort of hideous, nightmarish, feral child. Just like. <laughs> and they're like, oh, Eddie, you've got to wear your new sweater. He's like. Nah, 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 nah. It's horrifying. I, I think I might have preferred that. I mean. It, it's. I think it's only like 20 minutes. It is. It cast it in such a different light where you're like, oh, okay, the monsters have like a developmentally disabled child and they just put them <laughs> on top of a bookshelf. Fuck. Yeah, it's like the Fratellis from the Goonies. <laughs> I thought you meant the band. No, well, <laughs> something about that drummer. He loved Chunk. <laughs> I wish that they would remake the monsters with the same consistency that they have remade the Adams Family. Which I'm here for it. I don't care. Like, you, you win some, you lose some. There is nothing better than Adam's family values. Uh, every year on Thanksgiving, I make my family watch the Thanksgiving pageant. <laughs> and every year on Thanksgiving, my family asks me why I'm making them watch the Thanksgiving pageant. <laughs> like, because Christine Baranski gives the performance of her lifetime. Fucking Christine, Christine Baranski, and then that guy whose name I always forget. Gary. Gary. Gary Martin Granger. <laughs> fucking love that movie so much oh uh, yeah it, it's the perfect film um fester with his little pole cut <laughs> when she's waiting for the house to blow up <laughs> she goes to the bar full of sailors <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh i love it Anyway, uh, so Todd Cobb, Ghost Jog by Todd Cobb of Todd Cobb's Corn Blog. Todd Cobb Ghost Blog. <laughs> I'm waiting for Todd Cobb's Corn Pod. Off the pod. <laughs> Todd on the pod. It's the Todd cast with off. My dream is to have a a podcast about Laura Dern called the Laura Dern cast. So if there's anyone who's interested in making that happen for me, I have a lot of opinions about Twin Peaks. Um, (laughs) A young woman in her senior year at Reed College rented a small one-bedroom trailer on an isolated wooded piece of property in far east Portland. What did that run her, about 3,000 a month? (laughs) Depending on when this book was published. (laughs) Also, I'm not one to victim blame, but whatever she gets... Is what she deserves for renting a one-bedroom trailer? I've got a lot. Of, okay. Where so are all the two-bedroom trailers? We've I got this lovely double-decker bus. <laughs> Isn't there a double-decker bus literally down the street from your house? It's a cafe. Mm. They sell Egyptian coffee. Is that the one with the red wine in it? They have a, they have a red wine mocha. It's lovely. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, just hit myself in the face with the mic at school. Ow. Just <laughs> muscle spasms and ruining the audio. Um, what was that? <laughs> the other day I was just straight up eating those like cheese snacks into the mic during Monster Pod. 
And I thought they were all going to gang up and kill me. <laughs> Gotta have macheds. Um, she moved there in search of a little solitude after six semesters of crowded dorm rooms and too many roommates in, a, in tiny apartments. That's a lot of underwater basket weaving. It sounds like a her problem that she's going through so many roommates. I mean, it. I will say, it is Reed College, so it could be that all of her roommates were on mescaline a lot. <laughs> Poor Cindy. Uh, she was looking forward to some privacy. She lived in the trailer comfortably for a week before she noticed anything unusual. The first night of her second week, just as she was climbing into her narrow bed, she heard the... It's dis- a trailer. <laughs> of course it's a narrow... It's not going to be a fucking king. <laughs> it's just the entire back of the trailer trailer with it's a like water a bed bus. in it <laughs> my if this trailer is a rockin don't ask about the two bedroom <laughs> my uh, boyfriend's parents had a water bed for a long time and since they were broke college students they filled it with magazines instead of water to kind of pad it out <laughs> <laughs> and doug loves to tell the story <laughs> <laughs> I have every question. In what world do you... Was this before lakes? The what happened? The what 80s was... were a different time, Avalon. One without water? It wasn't Mad Max. Yeah, I never wanted to like dive into it that much. Literally? Uh, yeah, about you know what they were doing in their 20s in Los Angeles in the 80s. Uh, I... I guess the water probably would have been a bit difficult at that time. You, okay. I have to assume Doug and Vicky aren't going to listen to this. So, hey, <laughs> Dougbo Vickers, <laughs> shoot me a message with what the fuck you were filling that bed with. Uh, we actually call him Doogie Fresh. Thank you. <laughs> White man in his sixties. <laughs> you said Doogie. I did say Doogie. Oh. So we're in Gresham. Yeah, before she knows anything. Uh, narrow bed, she heard the distant plaintive howls of what sounded like a large injured dog. The wailing lasted... Fawn, cover your ears. She's eating a bone. It's fine. She is shredding the shit out of that toy. Oh, she loves that thing. Uh, the wailing lasted all night and into the early hours of the morning. Before leaving for class the next day, she walked down the long dirt driveway, expecting to find some sign of the animal in the road, but there was nothing. Wish the story had just ended there. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Done. Yeah, time for classes. Also, so she's just like, I guess there's a dying dog out there. I'll check in the morning. I mean, to be fair, I don't think I would go check it out. Is this a dog owner thing? Like, if I heard a if I heard a sad no, if I dog, heard a dying cat, I probably wouldn't go check it out either. Um, especially that if I like a cat owner thing. Especially if I lived on an isolated wooded piece of property in Far East Portland, wherever the fuck that is. Don't you badmouth Gresham Town Hall like that? <laughs> Far East Portland. <laughs> Gresham. Is that like 82nd? <laughs> yeah, she's in Fubon or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Used to be downtown, but they had to move it out because gentrification. It's just a trailer in one of the uh, one of the very many used car dealerships there. Anyway, go on. Ugh. 
there was nothing. The next night, she was washing her dinner dishes in the sink, gazing out the window and thinking about the homework she had to do before bed. I've got so many baskets to weave underwater. <laughs> I was kind of hoping she'd be looking out the window thinking about a better life than being the subject of this Todd Gobb story. Todd Gobb. Her trailer was almost 100 yards from the road, and at night, the only sign of civilization visible through her kitchenette window was a lone streetlight. Any illumination it provided was spent entirely on the road, where it's supposed to. <laughs> With, like, where... But, like, between here and fucking Mount Hood, find a place that isn't illuminated by more than a streetlight. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. Todd Cobb is taking poetic license, is what I'm saying. He's a hack. What is his source for this? I talked to her at a bar where she was bartending after graduating with a master's in underwater basket weaving from Reed. <laughs> I got accepted and couldn't afford to go. Can you tell that I'm bitter? I think in his last story, he was celebrating getting this book deal. So <laughs> I hate this man I've never met so much. <laughs> I want to look up Todd Cobb. You know, he lives, he probably lives four blocks away. <laughs> we could walk to his house and kill him. <laughs> gonna meet him in the elevator in my building one day heard what you said <laughs> google my name regularly guess you don't like the corn blog Cobb out chronic wet blanket <clears throat> after sunset with thick winter clouds obscuring the pallid glow of the moon <sighs> calm down stephen king her tiny trailer was adrift in a sea of darkness fuck you I kind of like that visual. Look, okay, I'm not trying to give too much to the Cobster. I like that visual of a tiny trailer out at sea. Yeah, no, he did have one good <laughs> sentence in in uh, 128 pages of self-published spooky papyrus titled. That font is called Bandage Man Bandages. <laughs> uh, that's when she caught her first glimpse of it. Out, that's a full paragraph. Out there, under the streetlight, far away, something flashed across the road. It was large but difficult to see. Fast, and she only glimpsed it for a second. Was it a car? Because it was a streetlight? The sentence structure here, there's a comma. So it was, it was large but difficult to see, comma, fast, and she only glimpsed it for a second. I think what he was looking for was a semicolon. Probably. His mom did not do a good job copy editing this. <laughs> do you hear Tommy's writing a book? <laughs> she leaned closer to the thin glass of the window, straining to see. Had it been a dog? The dog? She held her breath to keep from fogging the glass. That's practical. Then the terrible howls erupted in the night, Ooh. rolling across the empty lot and rattling the windows of the trailer. I'm going to need a diagram of this plot of land she's living on because what we've established is it's deep in the woods. It's isolated. There's a one streetlight, one streetlight, a long dirt road and an empty lot. Is she living in the 82nd Street Walmart parking lot? Oh, you out by the uh, out by the uh, the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The by century, the century 100. What is it called? The, uh, Cinemark. Yeah. The Cinemark. Good, the good one. The good. Well, with I the mean, good soda machine. Oh, my God. Diet Coke with lime all the way. I'm more of a uh, lemon vanilla Coke Zero. Okay, I can mm -hmm, see that. Mm -hmm. Interesting mix. It looks like battery acid. That's not what you want. I can do segues. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, 
The animal sounded closer than the night before, closer and more frantic. She tripped over her feet, backing out of the small kitchen. She hit the floor hard, and for a moment she considered staying there, pressing her hands over her ears and waiting for the terrible sound to stop. But looking up into the trailer, she knew that she had to move. Yeah, she had class the next day. I'm, I, w- I would lo- you would like a map of this property. I would like a map of this trailer. It's like the fucking night bus. <laughs> it gets even better. The trailer got so hot when she used the oven, even with a fan. She'd gotten in the habit of leaving the front door open. Oh, no. It's the winter. And I would think that the central heating in a trailer is not amazing. Okay, like logistically... Thin windows, too. Very specifically said thin windows. That's true. And there's no insulation. I will say, though, if I'm cooking... If I'm baking something in the winter and standing in the kitchen here, there's no, like, exhaust vent. Maybe maybe I open the door. I mean, if she's doing, like, chicken tenders, because they require a pretty... She's a reed student. She's probably making, like, biryani or something. Like, there's a lot of cumin. Like a Trader Joe's frozen... Asian meal. Those things are great. No, they are. Orange yeah. chicken is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I like that they put the sauce separately. In a goop. So you can, yeah, it's yeah. a separate goop so you can coat the chicken with your own goop. Well, and after, like, you can't do a coated <laughs> chicken and get it crispy. You have to pan fry the chicken and then yeah. sauce. There's a series of steps involved. Fun pro tip. Take their uh, their uh, packaged risotto, the, like, Trader mm-hmm. Joe's mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. easy mushroom risotto. Uh, and make that, but then mix in a package of their beefless beefy crumbles. No shit. It's great. Kind of wish Julia Child had been around long enough to have a podcast. Me too. <laughs> Drink four quarts of cooking sherry and then call your son. <laughs> he doesn't love you, you know. I mean, she did hate that blog that Amy Adams started, uh, whatever her name was. She didn't approve. Amy Adams. <laughs> Did Amy Adams have a Julia Child blog? No, she was in Julia and Julia, and I can't remember the girl's oh, actual name. Right. I don't I think I remember what Julia Child actually looks like. It's just... Meryl uh, Streep? Yeah. God, The Devil Wears Prada is one of my favorite movies. I would not have expected that, but I like I agree. I love Meryl Streep so much. It's one of Stanley Tucci's finest works. Oh my, The Tooch? <laughs> he hasn't been that great since The Core. Don't get me started on the Lovely Bones. I was a- just going to say the Lovely Bones where he fucking bleached his arm skin so people wouldn't recognize him as a pedophile murderer. I saw that movie on my 19th birthday. <laughs> that was the activity I chose. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings and then saw the Lovely Bones. Happy birthday to pedophile murderer. <laughs> I, I watched it again on my birthday. <laughs> Why do you keep doing this to yourself? Because I needed to see if it was, like, 19-year-old Emily who was deeply uncomfortable or if it was just sad. Did you... So, okay, you've rewatched The Lovely Bones at mm-hmm. least once. Mm-hmm. How often have you rewatched The Core? Never. Have I have you, never seen it. Okay, so there's a weather control machine that stops the core of the planet from spinning. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to restart the core, Stanley Tucci and Aaron Eckert have to ride a weird submarine... With a drill at the front of it. Is that an episode of uh, Mystery Science Theater from like the last season? Probably. Probably something very Where they did like a 60s movie. 
Oh, similar vibe. They weren't trying to restart the planet. They were just exploring and they found dinosaurs. But big, big like bus with a drill in the front. Yeah. Uh, and they, they go down and, and they have to restart the planet's core by dropping nukes. But Stanley Tucci's in there tooching around. I don't see him as a action film man. Yo, he's standing in a submarine. <laughs> Does he have like the little life aquatic hat on? He's At one point, <laughs> he solves a problem, but refuses to tell the others unless they let him smoke a cigarette. No, that's very Tucci. So yeah, that's that's there. Hmm. Anyway, Todd Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first night she heard the creature, she'd taken it to be an injured dog, maybe hit by a car or attacked by something in the wild. Even though she was technically inside the city limits, that just sounds like it was in the listing for the trailer. <laughs> Technically in Portland. <laughs> Hours from downtown. Fucking scapoose or something. <laughs> Come on out to double St. John's. St. <laughs> <Saint> Peter's. <laughs> uh, even though she was technically inside the city limits, this area felt like the country to her. When she was alone in her cramped home and her imagination went to work, she could picture all kinds of feral animals roaming through the trees. Probably because there were. She even felt a little guilty for not going out to investigate. Good. There you go. But now she knew she'd been wrong. No earthly animal could make that kind of noise. Nothing that lived and breathed. So she didn't know about big dogs? Big or dogs like... or those mo- screeching monkeys. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure there's are... a huge population of in Gresham. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually the mascot for their middle school. Don't you malign Gresham's <laughs> mayor like that. <laughs> On all fours, she's... <laughs> On all fours, she scrambled into the living room. So this... now she's the dog? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be the dog to understand the ghost dog. The storm door on the trailer... That's a screen door, you asshole. The storm door on the trailer opened out and the main door opened in. Both were thin and suddenly seemed a lot less substantial than when she had first moved in. Reaching out into the night, she grabbed the storm door and pulled it closed. She latched it, glancing out toward the street, desperately searching for any sign of the beast. Then she slammed the front door, locked it, and shot home the deadbolt. Shot home the deadbolt? Sounds like a Panic! The Disco song title, but I think it just means she locked the door. (laughs) The mad howl... I'm sorry. Shot home the deadbolt? That's something that fucking Nelson says when he's squaring up with Napoleon. Fucking Todd Cobb. I... Cool it. Genuinely think he read a lot of Stephen King... And the only thing he took from those books was that Stephen King is not great at writing dialogue, but he's like, this is the best. And that's where we are. Cocaine dreams on a fucking Dean Koontz budget. I'm fairly certain Stephen King isn't going to listen to this, despite all of my efforts. The man needs a little bit of work on the dialogue. Just a skosh. It's a a little formal. It's a little formal. But nobody describes a children's orgy with such troubling detail did you know that that audiobook is 45 hours long i have been trying to listen to it for two years 
It's narrated by Steven Weber, so by all accounts, should be a pretty easy listen. Have you considered that there's like, there's snakes you could be bitten by, like there's there's like horses that could kick you, there's other things to do is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Look man, I am uh, halfway through Doctor Sleep right now, Oof. for the third time. Good boy. You, I, what, you, you, you seen Nose 4A2? No, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I Oof. will be in New Orleans when Doctor Sleep comes out. And I'm putting my vacation on hold. <laughs> we'll go check out the historic uh, cemetery later. I gotta watch you and McGregor talk to a little girl. We'll check out the voodoo district when there's time. Please, I've got a movie to watch. We're here for four entire days. You can only be in a jazz funeral for so long. Go on. <laughs> Going on a ghost tour where they have buy one, get one free hurricanes before you leave. Woo! <laughs> I'm just gonna double fist it. I don't give a shit. It's at two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so, yeah, he shot home the deadbolts. Aye, Captain. The mad howls of the creatures seemed to crescendo then. A, des- a dozen desperate voices. What is this sentence? The mad howls of the creatures seemed to crescendo then. A dozen desperate voices woven into a whirlwind of suffering, yowling shrieks and growls that simultaneously terrified and filled her with an unbearable sense of sadness. No. That was one sentence. That's... Todd. Then, oh, Todd. silence. She waited, expecting the otherworldly cacophony to start up again, but for the rest of the evening, the only sound she heard was the beating of her own panicked heart. Girl, you're having a panic attack. Uh, okay, she's a Reed student. She's on fucking shrooms. Like, this is like, she she ate a mescaline brownie. She watched Cujo, and here we are. Do you know that Reed College has a nuclear reactor? Of all it's, of, it's a uh, liberal arts college that has two things. One, the nation's only underwater basket weaving course, accredited, <laughs> and a nuclear reactor that is run by the students. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> And radiation for some. Um. My bones. <laughs> so uh, she's on the floor. Yep. She's no, being she... attacked by a space dog. <laughs> she's actually uh, just hiding in her trailer with a what sounds like a moderate panic attack. Okay. Uh, the next morning, as soon as the sun rose, she threw a shopping bag full of clothes in her truck and drove off to stay with friends in town. After a week of couch hopping, the memories of that night in the trailer started to fade. Maybe it was only a hurt dog or something. It's the or something that got me. Um, (laughs) Maybe she let her imagination run away with her. After all, it was kind of creepy out there all alone. Maybe she just worked herself up into a state of panic and overreacted to something easily explainable. Besides, she quickly got tired of camping in her friend's living room, and she suspected they were getting a little tired of her squatting there. I won't leave, ever. (laughs) Uh, also, I'm sorry if you are a I don't if you if listeners if you are a Reed College student fucking write me and tell me. But I would imagine there's not a lot of being at home. <laughs> you're either at you're either being there for ten years, or you're 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 out doing your thing. You're fucking you're partying probably internships and they have a whole festival that's built around doing acid. 
end up going to the Art Institute and not read. I was accepted and I didn't fucking go. You should be ashamed. I really fucking should. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but, but. So after a week, she drove back to the property, hoping that the dinner dishes she left in the sink hadn't become too funky and telling herself there was nothing to be afraid of. Nothing at all. Okay. Yep. She turned off the main road after the streetlight and drove up. I'm glad the streetlight made another reappearance uh, and drove slowly up the long dirt driveway and the driveway. (laughs) Callbacks. Is she going to mention the empty lot? Nothing about the property was different. The trailer was exactly as she left it. Dirty clothes on the floor, dishes in the sink. She spent the day cleaning and straightening and studying, and after dark, she took a long shower in the tiny bathroom and climbed into bed. I don't know a lot about the planets and stuff, so I might need you in a second. Uh, A nimbus moon cast dull light through the small windows of the trailer. Nimbus? Nimbus. Isn't that a kind of cloud? It is a kind of cloud. Okay. Anyway, the it's the, not what he's the moon saying. was like that, I guess. It was a thin, wispy moon. <laughs> <laughs> you know when the moon is flat and has undiscerned edges? Uh, listening to the night silence, she told herself it's just he's looking he's looking at the streetlight through clouds. <laughs> ah, the wispy moon. Uh, listening to the night silence. That was my favorite. Uh, song and dance number in Phantom of the Opera. Uh, she told herself there was nothing out there, nothing out there, nothing out there, until she started to drift off to sleep. Those are the lyrics to that. Yeah. Uh, Gerard Butler sang it. It was uh, serviceable. <laughs> a sound woke her in the small hours of the morning. A weak scratch, scratch, scratch at the front door. Then mm. a whine, a high-pitched pleading sound. Then scratch, scratch, scratch. Mm puppy <laughs> god help me if it's not like some hulking hellhound uh she jumped from her bed just as something enormous smashed in the door thank god finally action the entire trailer rocked as the door was pawed and battered the thin whine growing into in- the intolerable howls of the ghost dog it could be a real dog she hasn't seen anything it's just a wolf <laughs> fucking call animal control she screamed and threw herself back on the bed. Her voice was all but lost in the din of the beast. There was no place to hide in the trailer. The bathroom was separated from the main area only by a plastic accordion door. It didn't even latch. How much is she paying for the shithole? $3,000. We covered this. <laughs> the bedroom only had a curtain. If it got in, there was no place to hide. She pressed herself into the corner as far away from the door as she could. The pounding continued. It wanted in, whatever it was. It wanted in desperately. This is why you should always ready your panic pantry. And then it got what it wanted. (gasps) It didn't crash the door open. It didn't force the metal to buckle and break in. But it got in. Probably just... It just, yeah. I I made a latch motion. This is an audio medium, so it might not have played very well. It just got the door, probably. (laughs) It got the knob, I guess. Yeah, I I think trailers generally have like the flappy. Sure. The The bird beak. What is that called? uh, Handle. The handle. A door handle. (laughs) (laughs) Not a knob, a a handle. Uh, We're killing it. Uh, Through half-closed eyes, she saw it pass through the door. Then why bought? 
Mm. It, <laughs> if it had been a dog, that was long ago. What passed through the door and left into the trailer was something else now. Something twisted and pained. The color of mist. The consistency of smoke. Calm down, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> it flowed into the trailer and flew straight toward her bed. She threw the covers over her face and felt it, cold and heavy, collide with her and began to dig frantically at her through the blanket. Oh, puppy. It, <laughs> it whined, it cried, it howled and growled. <laughs> and then it was gone. This time she didn't wait until morning. She didn't take the time to grab any clothes. She ran as fast as she could to her truck and sped away from the trailer. Sure, the whole time it was behind her, chasing her down the lonely road. I was going to make a Green Day joke, and then I couldn't remember the guy's name. It's the only one he's ever known. (laughs) She drove through the night until she... (laughs) No, it's Celine Dion, I guess. Ah, ah. She drove through the night until she reached her parents' house in upstate Washington. Christ! What the (laughs) fuck? Just go to one of your friends' houses! Get a hotel room. Upstate Washington, that's... If you're... Do you think she went up I-5 or do you think she went like 205? I'm pretty sure I-5. I mean, that's going to be the fastest, safest route. Probably. Plus, if there's a ghost dog chasing you, then it's easier to lose it on the freeway. That's fair. That's... So is she like up in Kent now? Like... I mean, honestly, if you're going upstate Washington, it's probably going to be like something like fucking way up and over there. I guess. Which the... It's... Is that really rich person part of Washington near Seattle? Bellevue. Bellevue, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> like, if she's going to read college, and I assume her parents are paying her rent because it doesn't sound like she's gone to work. So when she got to the Bezos estate, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, through the night, upstate Washington. She didn't tell them why she'd come. She just asked if she could stay for a while. It's four in the morning. And I'm scared. Good night. Oh, thank God. We're finally getting to, like, a plot in this. Uh, the next morning, she called the old woman she rented the trailer from and told her uh, she was out. After collecting her things, she was never going back to the trailer, and she could charge her a re-renting fee and keep her deposit. There's a lot of admin in this sentence. And keep her deposit if she wanted, but she was never going back. Who is this? <laughs> and she was a ghost the whole time. The old woman didn't sound surprised. This wasn't the first time. That trailer was so hard to rent, and the old woman explained that ten years before, a woman had lived there with her dog. <sighs> You're not going to like this. Oh, no. One night, Puppy. the tenant connected a hose to her car exhaust and ran the hose through the kitchen window and started the engine. Her dog had been tied up outside, but somehow the animal had known something was wrong. It chewed through its leash and forced its way into the trailer, but by then it was too late. The small trailer was too full of deadly carbon monoxide. When they found them, it looked like the dog had tried to revive its owner by scratching her and biting her, but to no avail. Eventually, the dog, too, was overcome. Its body was discovered on the bed next to its master, loyal and protective through life, into death, and apparently beyond. So if you like that, you're really going to like the first uh, 20 minutes of Midsummer. Why wouldn't you just get into your car? Because this lady was an asshole and had to take the whole house down with her. I, that feels rude. so much extra. The environmental cost alone. Well, I mean, I guess the car is just going to keep running. I have to assume this is in like the 90s or something when we didn't give a shit. Peak oil. <laughs> 
So there's Todd Cobb's masterpiece. Took us what about forty minutes to to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a, a cool thirty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without tangents. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that one was that one was uh, credit where credits due. That is a spookier story than the, the convenience store ghost hobo. Yes, just a hobo mm-hmm. in a convenience mm-hmm. store. Um. <laughs> uh, this one had an actual ghost in it. That's great. Uh, At this point, like, I have to say, I'm probably why also... Why wasn't the lady haunting the trailer? Oh, she's fine. Like, I she... guess she didn't die in a terrible passion. She just kind of did what she wanted. She got out. She killed the dog on the way. Fucking What's peace. that saying? If you kill yourself, you become a civil servant in the afterlife. She was out scooping ghost poop. <laughs> I have to clean up the empty lot. That was a part of Beetlejuice I wish we'd explored further as the audience is just the bureaucracy of the afterlife. <laughs> what happened to Miss Argentina? She slit her wrists. I mean, afterwards. Oh, like, did yeah. she get? I'm assuming she was there for like ghost parking. Uh, was... What is it? You are supposed to haunt for 100 years. Something, something, something. Okay. So, okay. Well, look. anyways, I feel like if I had a ghost dog. Like, when it got in and was trying to paw at her, did she just say... You could probably just be like, good boy. A good boy. Who's a good boy? Well, if... My dog just looked up. a residual ghost dog haunting, it is stuck in the loop, if we're going to break this down. Sure. If it's an intelligent ghost dog haunting, maybe a ghostly rawhide chew toy? The ghost of a bully stick. Yes. I, you, uh, you, uh, I'm just saying, I feel like there's... You, you could work with it. It's workable. Yeah, exactly. It's work- once you know what it is, like it is a loud noise and it could be scary, but... Maybe also, maybe it just needed to run its course. You know, like once the ghost dog gets you, she should have given it another night is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. If she had like pretended to like not be dead. Because <laughs> she just got up. Just like a Catherine O'Hara level performance, just <gasps> just take I'm it out fine. for a walk. It yeah. probably it's been like a decade. It probably just needs to pee. It's probably dying for walkies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Zoomies, so many zoomies <laughs> at the park with the other ghost dogs. Aww. Aw, that's great. Well, I'm I'm biased as a dog owner. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that four ghostly rawhide chews i am going to give that two dirty plates and a dirty mug left in her (laughs) her sink when she was staying at friend's house a a dirty mug that she fired in her pottery 101 Mm -hmm, ceramics mm -hmm. course the handmade mug so it actually you know it counts for a lot so it's red and has a veil yes (laughs) uh it's a decent story (laughs) it's it's got elizabeth moth's face on it (laughs) And an inappropriately bombastic soundtrack at times. For some reason, I'm just imagining the handle is a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched The Handmaid's Tale. I'm it's, scared. It's, it's fair. It's just it's, stick with the book. You if don't I'm going to be doing Hulu originals, I'm going to just hook myself up with some deadbeat and feel good about it. Yeah, as well you should. Just, you know, if you want to read audio, check out that audiobook. It's great. Don't You don't need that second season. Anyway. Uh, well, that was, you know what? I'm going to give Todd Cobb some Todd credit where corn on the cob is popped. In just a jiffy pop, uh, corn p- 
blog cob bog corn joke insert corn joke here i feel like he really buttered this ear oh no that's probably culture <laughs> i'm gonna go butter the ear <laughs> gotta go shuck the husk <laughs> i i feel like i need to google todd cobb because when i imagine him and i'm not proud of this <laughs> he kind of looks like timothy mcveigh you might want to look on the front inside cover of that book Oh my God, he looks like Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> he is one brush cut away from domestic terrorism. It's an old photo. We don't know where he's at now. <laughs> um, but yeah, credit where credit's due. That one was like that was a spook. Like if if I if that had just been told to me like around a campfire or something, I'd probably be a little. I would have been spooked. into it. Yeah. If it hadn't had the cob. That cobby funk <laughs> rubbed all over its little niblets. That is horrible. I'm sorry, kernels. But which kernels? Is it like Norm Macdonald and Reeve McIntyre or? The fuck is wrong with, what is, what happened to KFC? <laughs> they sold a $10,000 facsimile of a Zinger burger made out of a meteorite. I mean, that's not the only thing that they fucked up. The original kernel, the real kernel, hated them in the end. He tried to start his own branch of like, Dinner clubs, I think yeah, he yeah, called yeah. it. He, it was, uh... And they sued him. <laughs> they sued the founder. Uh, dollop. Yeah. Uh, do you want to look at this? <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> I knew what was going on the entire time, but when Gareth finally put that together, it was like Christmas for me. If I hear Colonel and the South, I'm like, oh, it's about chicken, probably. Huh? Or just a really racist dude. It could be both, probably both. A little bit of both. It was yeah. both. <laughs> Turns out... Dave Thomas was in there too. Um, all right. Well, those, okay. Spooky. Yeah. I, Fair, fairly reasonably spooky. Well, at this point in the show, the campfire that I built in my living room has, has burned low. And I don't know if anyone stole Avalon, but it's a pile of dog toys. Is that what the little. Oh no. What happened to the squeaker? Uh, it's haunted by that dog from the last story. Oh, no. Um, but the campfire or pile of rawhide bones is burning low. And uh, at this point, uh, I think we'll close off by by asking if anything spooky has happened to you since the last since last we spoke. Um, no, my current apartment building is mercifully unhaunted. Still not haunted. OK, yeah. I'm hoping it stays that way fingers crossed um the creepiest thing that happened to me was when we were camping two weeks ago oh no it's gonna be adorable ghost dog (laughs) close i was sitting at the picnic table before my boyfriend got up uh reading and i put my book down and there is a baby squirrel oh (laughs) fucking staring at me so I just made prolonged eye contact with the squirrel. And then I kind of did the thing where you like reach for your phone, but you don't break eye contact. Sure. But it he wasn't knew. having it. Yeah. You know. God damn it. Yeah. Just a pair of tiny little beady eyes fixed on me when I'm trying to read my novels. Oh, that's adorable. So yeah, not super creepy, but these people have presumably heard all my ghost stories. That's yeah. That's at this point. Yeah. Nothing spooky has happened to me recently either have to say so yeah I, uh, except for cougar yeah, that is pretty creepy cougar's fucked up yeah hmm. so where can people find you uh 
lots of places because I have a problem. Um, <laughs> mostly on the Twitter at uh, Emily F. Coleman. I have a lot of opinions about cats. Uh, musical, not the animal. Eh, but it could go either way. Also, uh, they don't mm. need nipples. It's worse if they do. Their tails come out of their buttholes. Yeah. I mean, in the stage play, it's like a belt, so it comes out of the middle of their back. So That's better. Yeah. It's not going to give children the wrong idea and turn them into <laughs> weird furries. Even weirder furries than we have new. Like, now, morph suit furries. Mm. Anyways. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Emily F. Coleman on Twitter, also on Instagram. I host Afternoonified, which is a middlingly reviewed at this point podcast about weird stuff it's fantastic you should check it out if i mean if you don't have strong opinions about bigfoot (laughs) or if you have the right strong if you have the right strong opinions um i also uh run monster pod which is a role-playing game where we play monster of the week they just fought some rabid mermaids um meth gators meth gators uh they do work (laughs) for the government so i have to assume it was that kind of that kind of cover-up uh, you know, Florida man feeds gators meth. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. And you can find me on Instagram as at that Avalon, and you can follow this show on both Twitter and Instagram at boohaha pod. We'll be back again next week ish with another spooky guest and more spooky stories. Probably next week ish if we got the time. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I got some stuff. I'm still kind of recovering from this cold.